630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Reed Wilkins Wilkins on on Oilers Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 Chad. The Blue Jackets making the boys in orange, black, and blue. Tonight, it is 7-3. Columbus routing the Edmonton Oilers at Rogers Place. The game started very well for the Oilers. You know, Todd McClellan's talked about that 10-minute game and the 50-minute game when they were dealing with bad starts earlier in the season. Well, the Oilers won the 10-minute game 3-0. They lost the 50-minute game 7-0. And quite frankly, you could see it coming shortly after the Oilers were up 3-0 tonight. Columbus, complete domination. The Oilers barely had the puck over the final 50 minutes of the game. And the Blue Jackets have won 11 of their last 12. They had a 10-game winning streak snapped on Saturday when they lost to St. Louis. They get right back on the horse tonight and take it to the Oilers, who are now winless in two. They go 1-1-1 one, one, and one on their three-game homestand. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It is 10.02 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. The McDavid watch for the Art Ross Well, good news there at least tonight. He gets his 40th goal. He gets two assists. He is up to 102 points, so he gets 100 points for the second straight season. He becomes the first Oiler since Peter Klima in 90-91 to score 40 in a year. He leads Nikita Kucherov by six points for the Art Ross. So that's a nice individual story for the Oilers, Rob, but from a team standpoint, well, they were beaten in every single way you can be beaten. Yeah, they were the second best team out there by far tonight. You know, the Oilers got off to a good start, and I know that Bob and Jack talked about it at the end. It was a a 3-0 lead, but it really wasn't. Uh, you know, they they benefited from a, a good break on the one goal. They earned a couple others, but during that 3 nothing build-up, Columbus was still playing well. I mean, Columbus didn't come out flat. They came out and they are moving. I know that Bob and Jack on, on air were talking about the Oilers have got to get on their horse because Columbus is flying tonight. And, and when you're a team, and, it, and Peter or, uh, Tortorella talked about it, uh, before the game, they're a confident team. When you're a confident team and, and you feel you've been wronged or you feel that the score isn't indicative of the way the game has gone, you still have belief. And then you look up the, at the, the clock and you say, oh, we got 50 minutes left. We haven't started badly. Uh, our goalie, we know he's going to make the saves now from, from now on. Let's just start pushing forward. And they did. For the remainder of the first period, they pushed forward and the Oilers didn't touch the puck. And Columbus scored three to tie and they could have had more. And the Oilers survived the final 10 by <laughs> coming out of the period even, yet they didn't get better as the game went on. Columbus did. Columbus was a team that's desperate. They needed these points. They want to catch the Penguins. They want home ice advantage in the playoffs. And, and they showed it over the final 50 minutes in this hockey game. They were the hungrier team, the more desperate team, and certainly the deserved team of the victory. Yeah, and I am going to praise their goaltender, even though he allowed three in the first ten, and it winds up 7-3, but like we always talk about, Rob, every game is close at some point. They all start tied. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't last that way very long, but minute left in the third period or the first period Raddy has a two-on-one Bobrovsky makes a glove save if Edmonton goes back ahead 4-3 
after the first. Maybe that changes the tone of the game. And with Columbus up 5-3 and dominating the second period, Connor McDavid gets a breakaway. That was with 8.44 left. Tried to sneak at five-hole. Bobrovsky able to close it down, and then the Blue Jackets cruise from there. So, I mean, when we say everything, we mean everything, even the goal, even the goaltending in a, in a game with a four-goal difference. Well, yeah, and when the Oilers had the 3 nothing lead, they, they weren't able to extend it. Bobrovsky, that's what makes a, a goaltender great, and Bobrovsky's great. He, he's uh, constantly up for the Vezina every year. He's carried teams on, the, on his back throughout his career. A great goaltender is a goaltender that makes the save when it's needed. It is there when you may not have your best game or you may have let something then you're not happy about and the first goal it was going to be on him. It was a bad play by him. But you come back and you give the team the saves that it needs. And they got that. And that's why it's a team, Columbus, that I don't think anyone really wants to play in the playoffs. They're deep. This is a team that was missing three quality players out of their lineup tonight. You know, first, second-line players, you know, a, a top-four defenseman, and, and they still didn't look like they missed a beat. It was a, it was a clinic put on by them. They're well-coached. They got good goaltending. And I know that you and Bob had talked in the, the pregame that this is a team that has a bad power play. Well, it certainly looked pretty good tonight, so I don't know if it's starting to gel. It should be good with some of the players that they can put out on it. Uh, it, it was a, a night that the Edmonton Oilers made too many mistakes against too good a hockey club. Columbus's power play, their percentage won't improve tonight. They do go 0 for 3. They scored one goal just as a penalty expired. The Oilers' power play, we get 1 for 3. They got a shorthanded goal by McDavid in what seems like it was three days ago now, given how the, the game played out. You're going to hear from uh, Todd McClellan right away. 7-3, Columbus pounding the Oilers tonight. Just a quick update here, and uh, if you if you saw the game, I want to give you the update, and if you didn't, here's what happened at, with 16.09 left in the first period, so really early on in. Zach Wierenski checked Connor McDavid, who lost his balance. He stumbled into linesman Steve Barton's legs, who couldn't get out of the way, and he fell headfirst onto the ice. His left side of his helmet hit the ice very hard. It's not pleasant video to watch. I saw it once and then turned away when it was replayed again. He was down on the ice for several minutes. Appeared to be unconscious when he initially hit the ice. He was moving his arms as he was attended to, and then a stretcher came out. He was taken off on the ice. Mark Spector from Sportsnet putting out on Twitter about 15 minutes ago, final note on injured linesman Steve Barton, went to hospital in good spirits considering under observation but looking like he'll come out of this all right. Yeah, the the scary part about those uh, injuries or those accidents was he got hit from behind. And when you get hit from behind, you can't, stop the fall you can't put your hands out and he went up so high because his legs got taken out that his head was the first thing that struck the ice uh the it was smart by the medical staff it was i'm guessing a lot of it was precautionary and and you want to make sure that you err on the side of caution and thankfully that uh, everything is going to work out and he's going to be fine and hopefully we'll see him back on the ice soon so Columbus taking it to the Oilers 7-3 tonight. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL on the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. So Todd, what happens when you're up 3-0? Does your team just get comfortable? or Sorry, Ken. What happens when your team is up 3-0? Does your team just get comfortable? Well, and I thought we were fortunate to be up 3-0. Um, not the fact that we scored the goals, the fact that they didn't get any earlier than that. They were probably better than us early. And uh, they were better than us all night. And um, they valued uh, the defensive side, the checking side, 
a lot more than the, the team wearing orange. And when you play a team of that caliber, that quality, and you don't uh, give each other what you need on the defensive side of the puck, you, you have no chance of winning. And it, it's something we've got to solve here. Um, I think we're at 250 goals against right now, and that's never, ever going to be a playoff number in any year, no matter who we bring in, who we send out, how we make line combinations. It just isn't. And, um, you know, last year we got in at 212. We were looking to trim that off a little bit, and we're at 250 right now. So we've got some work to do, and we've got to make some decisions uh, in the locker room, whether it's important or not. You had a chance to a reset after they tied it and into the break there. What happened, I guess, in the second period? Well, more of what we saw in the first. We, we didn't overcome our deficiencies in the first. They just kept pushing, and uh, they owned us. Todd, the last few games, maybe at 10, you'd been better defensively, and then obviously tonight it just falls apart again. Well, if, if you pinpoint what's been lacking from your group overall in the D zone this year, really from start to finish compared to last? Well, if we go the whole year, there's a lot of things that, that have gone right and wrong in the defensive zone. Uh, different phases, it's been different positional players. Um, a lot of the goals against we've given up were on the penalty kill earlier in the year. We fixed that somewhat. Uh, but, uh, you know, tonight in particular, we, we just didn't want to work there. We didn't really want to do what we needed to do. The lack of communication makes you uh, extremely slow and passive. It makes you look uh, hesitant, and I didn't think we talked a lot. In fact, uh, Bobrovsky in the second period was in our zone, obviously closest to the bench. We could hear him, um, you know, talking and, and communicating. And I'm not saying that about Talbs or, or LB. I'm saying about that, that about our group as a whole. It was just a real quiet night. And, you can't defend that way. You have to be somebody's eyes. You have to be somebody's uh, awareness and let them know what's going on, and we weren't that tonight. Their defense is very active and mobile and gets up. Did, did that catch you guys off guard? Was that part of the problem defensively? No, we knew that You know, they're the second highest scoring group of defensemen in the, in the league. We knew that was coming, and uh, we have some principles and rules that we stand by on rushes and, and sort outs, and again, we were delinquent in that area, so they're going to make you pay. So... You say you've given up 250, but where you do a game where you played so poorly defensively, you, you played poorly in the third period last game, but you were tired, where you just do one of these bad games no, we're not ball for a month? I don't like that that train of thought or that line of thinking because uh, last time I checked, we weren't in a position ever to give ourselves uh, a night off or a casual night. We're not there. Um, so we weren't due for that. We were due for another good effort and a strong effort. We've played some good hockey in the last 10 games. Uh, this is probably our poorest effort. And, uh, you know, we've got to learn from it and we've got to get back on that horse tomorrow and we've got to have a good practice and get ready to go because that's not good enough. All right, well, no doubt about that. Columbus 7, Edmonton 3 is the final. The Oilers led 3-0. Columbus scores 7 straight to win it. That was head coach Todd McClellan. You can reach Rob and I, 780-496-0063. So, Rob, now, now we know the Oilers are obviously looking at some players who may or may not be in, in some of those spots uh, next season. I mean, Ethan Bear, uh, Ty Ratty, uh, Pontus Aberg. And I'm not... I'm not blaming it on those nope. guys, but did that contribute to things spinning out of control tonight? I don't think so. Uh, I, I mean, if you go through it, 
the, the, the goals for and against tonight, I don't think you're going to hear Aberg's name a whole lot. I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to hear Bear's name a whole lot, Roddy's name a whole lot. They weren't the ones making the, the, the big mistakes. I think uh, this was, and to, I think Todd said it best, a lack of communication in their own zone. And when, when, when you're not communicating, you're hesitating because you need to take that extra second to find out where someone is or, or who to pass the puck to or where, where your man is defensively. And, and that's what it looked like. I mean, there's a one play that Drysdale passes back to Sekra and he, he hesitates on the pass and then kind of fumbles it and it turns into a goal three seconds later. Uh, a number of times where the Oilers had the puck on the, the boards and they just take that hesitation and they throw it away or, or they bring it back in their own zone. And there was the one goal where Larson, it was a rebound goal that um, Panarin scored. Panarin's yeah, he scored. And Larson was with Panarin and then kind of just got lost. And he's standing in front of the net and the puck bounces out. And you can see Larson kind of look, okay, where's my guy? Oh, there he is. He's wide open net. So, And it's not just pinning it on those guys because there was a lot of other big mistakes that didn't turn out to be goals. Uh, they, there was a lot of missed opportunities by the Columbus Blue Jackets. They scored seven, and they could have had ten. It, it was a night where, and I know that Jim Matheson asked the question. He said, you know, "Was this expected, or was there, or were you guys due?" And Todd said, "No, but teams do have bad games. Unfortunately for the Oilers, they've had too many of them." Yeah. And and as Todd said, I mean, we're due to have good games. We can't we can't have a bad. When the Pittsburgh Penguins get and they got blown out three or four times this year, the Penguins did. But that's because they have six good ones in a row. Yeah. They can have a bad game. All right, you know, we're going to regroup and get better. The others can't afford it because they've had more of the, the bad side than they've had of the good side this year. And it's frustrating. So tonight was a game, and I think it can be, if you, you, just, if you want to simplify the whole game, defensively, the Columbus Blue Jackets played with desperation. Defensively, the Edmonton Oilers did not. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, and I... I mean, I understand what what Jim was getting yep. at, oh, asking about their due, but uh, but to me that doesn't necessarily apply to a seven three loss. I mean, sometimes you have three games in a row where your, your defenseman wrists it from the line and it goes off the post and in, and then the next game they take three similar shots and it grazes the outside of the post and goes wide. To me, those are the things where sometimes you 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 do where the the inch the inch has been going your way, yeah. the inch against you. This was I, they, I they were beat they were beaten and and it spun out. A uh, but I, I actually I, I honestly believe that Jim was asking were you due to get beat up like that. I honestly I think that. Oh was, no, he was yeah, yeah. he was. But yeah. I'm saying to me that's not what. I mean, we all know sometimes teams are are due, right? Yeah, they're due for a bad night. In in baseball, the the ball that goes a foot over the fence for a home run the next night is caught on the warning track, right? Yeah, no. The the Oilers simply weren't, they were not good enough tonight. Even, and and Todd McClellan talked about it, when they were up 3-0, they weren't out playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Columbus Blue Jackets were out playing them to start the game. Right, right. So how much is this that right now they're just overmatched roster-wise, that Columbus is that good, that the Oilers aren't in a a spot where the points are precious? Well, no, I mean, because the Oilers uh, have played some pretty good games as of late. And they beat some good hockey clubs with this lineup. Uh, Does Columbus have a better lineup? Yes, Columbus was missing three good players tonight. So Columbus is actually a better team than what they had tonight. But Columbus is a better hockey club. I mean, over the course of 75, 76 games, whatever they played, they've been much better than the Edmonton Oilers. The Columbus Blue Jackets, if they weren't in the division they were in, would be a team that could go far in the playoffs. They, but it's a tough bracket to get out of when they got to go through Pittsburgh and, and Washington, probably, if they want to move on. So 
tonight was a game that I, I, I think that Columbus had a better team, but they also had a better compete. And you can control your compete. You can control your battle. You can control your work ethic. Yep. You, you can't control the talent. Well, the, it wasn't the talent that beat them tonight. I think it was all the other things. Well, and I mean, and that's the second period especially. I mean, it's obviously started in the first, but the second period especially, there were times one Columbus player took the puck away from two or three Oilers. Because I, I thought the Oilers started to hesitate. Mm-hmm. Started to, you start to hesitate because you're under so much pressure. You're you're panicking with the puck, or, or you're thinking, oh wait a minute, last time I did that, oh, wait, oh now I lost it anyway. Because I mean that one puck that was in front of the net, uh, which uh, there were so many goals, I don't even remember all of them anymore. It might have been uh, who was the guy that batted it out of the air, Jenner. So yeah, I think to make it four three. I mean that was this Oiler misses it, this Oiler misses it, this Oiler f- fans on it, and then Jenner bats it in. But that also goes to miscommunication, because on that one there, I, I think it was Kajula had Jenner, mm-hmm. and then he lost Jenner, so then all of a sudden, Secker had to go over to that side to play that guy, and then Kajula loses his guy, then Secker had to go back to the other. There was just no communication, and you've got two guys covering one guy, and then nobody covering the other, and again, you can get away with it against, you know, the lower lives of the National Hockey League. You're not getting to get away with it against some of the better teams in the league, and Columbus is one of the better teams in the National Hockey League. To me, it teams have bad nights. Teams have nights where everything goes wrong, and sometimes it's self-inflicted. Tonight was a bad night for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, and it is it is a theme about how they've gotten beat, gotten yep. beat when, they've, when they've had bad nights, and they've, they've generally played better the last yeah. month or whatever they're 11 six or 11 seven and two whatever it is uh so no, that's a, that's an okay record yeah 11 seven and two last 20 games which is actually a playoff pace if you could do that over the whole season which mm-hmm. they which they haven't but th- and this is what we've seen when they've lost those games five nothing you can go back to the first home stand of the season when they lost uh they fell behind carolina caught up but still lost got pummeled by the jets got ripped apart by the senators that that was that was a problem. Not covering in the defensive end, guys open for goals, not efficiently clearing pucks. It it hasn't flared up as badly lately, but that's one of the themes for this team. It has been, and it. I mean, you look where they are in the standings. It's uh, good teams have bad nights, but they're few and far between. And good teams will lose games where they play well, but at the end of the night, they didn't get the bounce, they didn't get the break. Or, uh, but good teams don't have a number of nights where they were badly outclassed. And the Oilers this year have been outclassed in a, in a number of hockey games. And part of it is on talent, but part of it is on uh, the little things, the details, the discipline, uh, and the work ethic. And those things tonight weren't as good for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, 7-3, Columbus takes this one over the Edmonton Oilers. Booster Juice will donate $75 to the Duvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, $25 for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, the total up to $5,550. Five games left in the season for the Oilers, Vancouver, Calgary, and Minnesota coming up on a road trip, and then Vegas and Vancouver, final two home games next week to rounded out. Thomas Vanek had a hat trick in this game. Uh, Rob Brown was giving me a hard time. <laughs> Look, he, here's here's how it is, folks. Rob Brown doesn't like Evander Kane. I don't like Thomas Vanek. One guy has 29 goals. One guy has 24. <laughs> they can both make offensive plays. 
Uh, I, I mean, whatever. I don't mind. We all have silly things we don't like about guys. I, I Vanek was with the Canadians a few years ago when they went to the East Final, and man, he could make some offensive plays. Man, he was disinterested to go get the puck in the corner. But he could shoot the puck, and when he's interested, and on Columbus... He has no reason not to be the way it's going for them. He he can be pretty good, though I fully admit, and people are probably laughing at me. A lot of a lot of things about his game bug me. <laughs> I was giggling when he scored his third goal. I yelled down you from up above. That was the closest I've come to walking out of the building during a game. <laughs> I asked you, is, Reed, isn't that the guy that you don't like? The guy that just scored his third of the night. Well, it's uh, not personal. I just. He, a little bit. He can be a frustrating player it's to watch. It's a little bit personal. It's a little bit well, personal. Well, it is now that he scored a hat trick tonight. <laughs> uh, he was good. Uh, he was good for, for Columbus, a number of people. I mean, Panarin was outstanding tonight for, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I, I tell you, when they traded, when Chicago traded him this summer, I was like, okay, I don't understand that trade because Panarin's really, well, really the good. Well, money was a big but part that's, of it. That turned out to be another contract one, but oh. I tell you, the Chicago Blackhawks, who are on the outside looking in, I'm sure they would love to have Panarin back in their lineup. He t- tonight reminded me of uh, of the games that we've seen Patrick Kane play here, where Patrick Kane just seems like he has the puck every time he steps on the ice for the entire shift. He only he got two points tonight. He easily could have had about four or five. Uh, he he's just a, a guy that when you when he touches the puck, things happen. And I, I didn't realize how fast he was, too, because a couple times he walked right around Oilers defensemen to create scoring chances. It was, it was an effort from the Columbus Blue Jacks, I think, top to bottom. I think they're going to be pretty excited about how everyone played, where the Edmonton Oilers, I think, top to bottom, there's going to be a lot of guys that are very disappointed in their efforts. 7-3 Columbus. Let's go down to the Blue Jackets dressing room for BDO. First call, debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Here's my best friend, Thomas Vanek. Certainly not the start you guys imagined, but you find a way just by battling back. Talk about the way you came back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, start. I mean, I, I don't think we played bad, really, and I never felt like a 3 nothing game, really. I mean, it's, it's a good team with, with high-end skill over there. We made a couple mistakes, and they buried it. It's not like we felt that like we had dominated and they were all over us. I think it was just a few mistakes, and they capitalized. So we just talked about let's get the next one, and um, we did a good job at you know, staying sharp and bringing energy. And how important was that next one? Just kind of a fluky shot. It went off the back, but it went in the back of the net. How important was that? It was good. We, we needed that bounce, and uh, it's huge. I mean, obviously, it went, I mean, three, three, you know, down three, that's it's tough in this league. And uh, so, so we knew the next one is huge for us. And, um, you know, we got a good bounce on it, and after that, we just kept coming. Thomas, a four-point night for you, but how much of it was your leadership as well in bringing this team back and not getting too rattled being down? I don't know. Again, it, it's, it's, it's weird to say. I mean, we're down three nothing, but like I said, and I'm going to keep saying it, it, it didn't feel like it just because it was just a couple dumb mistakes by us that cost us. It's, it's, so we, we felt fine about our going, you know, about our game, you know, going into it. And even after three nothing, we, we felt okay and um, showed a lot of character and um, big two points again. What's it mean to you to come out of here with a hat trick and four points? I mean, our line's been good. Again, I was the beneficiary today and uh, got a couple good bounces, but it's two points. Maybe those are huge, especially the first one, uh, you know, to start this road trip. Uh, it was big for us. Well, what a well-spoken and enthusiastic young man. That's Thomas Vanek, who has a hat-trick and an assist tonight. He's plus three. Alexander Wenberg was plus six. 
for the Columbus Blue Jackets, though I know a lot of people say plus minus means nothing. I think if you're plus six, it might mean something. For the Oilers, McDavid gets three points. He's up to 102. He now has 40 goals. Nugent Hopkins had a goal and an assist as well. Talbot started the game, got pulled after allowing five goals on 18 shots. Brassois finished the game. He allowed two goals on nine shots, 7-3. Columbus wins. Your three stars tonight, Vanek, Jenner, and McDavid. The fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Oh, Amy, we, we've only a couple times, even after really bad games. No, I, I thought I thought R&H. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to give it to Nuge, too. I mean, yeah, played well. I mean, in a game where there were some big minuses, he's minus one, but he had a goal and an assist, two points. It was 60% in face-offs. Uh, R&H, I mean, at the beginning of the game, you think, oh, this could be a huge night for that line. Unfortunately, it stopped in the first 10 minutes of the game, but RNH played pretty good. Nugent Hopkins gets his 22nd goal of the season. That was way back at 337 when Bobrovsky uh, gave the puck away behind his own net right to McDavid in front for Nugent Hopkins, who tapped it off the post and uh, and in. And that started an outburst for the Oilers. Three goals in six and a half minutes. Didn't matter because, well, it mattered, but Columbus came back with three goals in 401, and it was 3 3 after the first period. Okay. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. You'll hear from McDavid when we get back. This program is brought to you by the Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 780-4-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Ryan Murray to Nudovara. Back pass for Panarin. He draws a quintet of Oiler defenders as he walks in, turned it over, and down the middle of the ice, it's going to be a McDavid breakaway. Backhander denied. Bobrovsky will hang on. I thought he was going to move the... There's the save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite RV dealership now carrying motorhomes. Sergei Bobrovsky, the win tonight. He makes 22 saves. That was a stop on Connor McDavid on a break away when it was 5-3 in the second period. The Blue Jackets go on to hammer the Oilers 7-3 tonight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, Rob, the uh, McDavid over-under you it very casually set a few <laughs> games ago was 106. He's at he's at 102. Go over. Pick yeah, over. Should be, should be over. There could be some... I mean, they're playing uh, Vancouver, who's, you know... They're doing as much as they can. They beat Anaheim tonight. Yeah, 4-1. So that messes things up for Anaheim. But there should be opportunities against Vancouver. There there should be opportunities against Calgary. Uh, Minnesota and Vegas are, are obviously much better teams. Uh, but the way Connor's playing, he's getting, he's getting points against everybody. every team. Uh, well, I mean, right now, every night is an automatic two, and then it's whether he has a, a special night where the puck goes in the net or the breaks, they, they get the breaks and, and so on. But I... We're just seeing him take his game to a new level. And I was talking to some of the Columbus guys beforehand, and they were asking, you know, one of the questions I was asked is, is he as fast as Burry? I think he's faster. And he, he can make plays uh, while he's at that speed. And he's got the strength that if, I mean, we've talked about it many times. A lot of the times he doesn't get calls for him because uh, he is being hooked or or, or, or grabbed or, or all or anything like that. Yet he's so strong, he, go, he fights through it. And it doesn't get called because he doesn't go down because he's so physically strong on his skates. So, uh, yeah, the, a team like Vancouver or a team like Calgary that is 
uh, just limping into the end with some players being shut down as well, uh, there are going to be plenty of opportunities for Connor McDavid. And as much as it's been a disappointed season for, for the Oilers and for Connor McDavid and his teammates, he, he's proud and he wants not only to win the scoring title, he wants to win it going away. And that's the way it's going right now for him. 7-3, the Oilers lose to the Blue Jackets. Quick look at the advantage. Trailer Rentals, out-of-town scoreboard. Blues win 3-2 over the Sharks in overtime. Tarasenko got the winner. Predators beat the Wild 2-1 in a shootout. Jets over the Bruins 5-4 in a shootout. Dallas beats Philadelphia 3-2 in overtime, so Dallas finally gets a win. Canucks beat the Ducks 4-1. Devils over the Hurricanes 4-3. Huge win for the Devils. The Hurricanes played them tough tonight. Islanders beat the Senators 4-3, and the Red Wings knock off the Penguins 5-2. So, just quickly updating the playoff races. In the East, it's pretty much down to two teams. So New Jersey moves three points up on Florida for the last playoff spot. Again, Florida still with those two games in hand, and they've been, you know, it's kind of they've kind of been alternating. One team plays one day and wins; the other team plays the next day and wins. So to me, that's still an interesting race. Very so, even, yep. even though New Jersey has has the advantage in the West. Anaheim and St. Louis are the two wild card teams, both with 91 points. On the tiebreaker, L.A. is third in the Pacific ahead of Anaheim with 91 points, and Colorado sitting there with 90. So three of those four teams will make the playoffs. Dallas back with 86. So, I mean, they Dallas have five, is done. Game, five games left. No, Dallas is done. They're not going to be able to jump over the rest so of the team. So it's still really only one team in the West that is going to be bounced, but there's a few more combinations because the division and the wild card and well, there's a few other four, teams hanging around. There's four teams with one point between them. And yep. and from what if I, I, I looked at the schedule the other day, they all seen, I think they all play Anaheim each other. Anaheim and L.A. play each other. Yep. I know that Colorado plays, I think Colorado plays both Anaheim and L.A. as well. The last game of the season, and this could be really exciting, last game of the season, St. Louis at Colorado. And... and that, could, that might come, come down, down to a playoff that, yeah. spot. So, but St. Louis back in right now. They won which six is in a row. Absolutely amazing. Well, because when they traded Stastny, and you know, they it looked like they were slowly dropping. And out their of it. GM was was the way he was talking. We're not for this year anymore. And Bowmeister's been shut down for the season. Gunnarsson's been shut down for the season. Well, Allen's playing well. He was second star of the week after McDavid. Yeah, he, he, well, I watched I watched a lot of the, that their game t- tonight. And it, it was a good hockey game. Them in San Jose. Tarasenko, who uh, is not having as good a season as he usually has, has turned it on. And I believe he had two goals tonight, including the overtime winner. So uh, the St. Louis Blues, uh, I believe, are overachieving right now. Their, their expectations were not to make the playoffs. And I don't think they told the guys in the dressing room because they've played better since the trade deadline. 7-3 Columbus over Edmonton. 780-496-0063. We have Rob standing by. Hi, Rob. Hi guys, um, I guess this is a question for Rob. Um, I know you've probably played for different style coaches. I think you maybe even played for Keenan. Um, was tonight the difference in coaching when you have a guy like Tortorello who loses his mind on your team, on his own team, loses his mind for his team as well? Um, and then there's the difference between more of like a player's coach with McClelland. Um do we need something like that? Um, to me, uh, tonight wasn't as much about coaching as it was about Columbus just being a better hockey club. They, I mean, they just are, are, are deeper top to bottom. 
uh, I, I, I've said I believe Todd will be back next year. I think they've had too much of a turnstile of coaches in the last little while here. Todd McClellan is, he comes in with good credentials. He's got a good resume. This is the best coach they've had in a long, long time. Uh, I, I also am a firm believer that coaches, GMs, players, scouts, uh, whatever you want in an organization are always replaceable if you can find someone that's better. I mean, if, if you can find someone that's better than R&H, then you make a trade. If you can find someone that's better than Matthew Benning, you make a trade. If you can find someone that's better than Todd McClellan, then you make a change. But that's, it, it's a lot harder to do that. There's not a whole lot out there that would, have, that would be considered better than a Todd McClellan that's available. Um, but tonight, this game simply was a Columbus team that is better and an Euler team that uh, forgot how to play in their own zone. And this was not the Euler team that we've seen play as of late, but over the last four periods, including the last period against the Anaheim Ducks the other night, they have been uh, awful, just awful from their blue line in. And when you play against good teams, Anaheim and Columbus, when you play poorly in your own zone, they're going to make you pay. 7-3, Columbus wins it. Connor McDavid gets three points. His comments for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL on the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Kind of your assessment on like, that great start and then just where it went from there. Oh, it's awful. It's horrible. Um, we did have a good start, like you said, and then our game just went uh, just went right uh, right to the, back to where uh, it was at the start of the year. So, um, you know, disappointing since uh, we have been pretty good of late. Um, and we've got to find a way to keep bucks out of our net. Um, wasn't good. What happened there in the second? You guys had a chance to regroup after they tied it, but uh, did they just keep rolling after that? Uh, you know what? They they play a little bit of a different game, especially offensively. Their their D are so mobile. Um, you know they're so good offensively that I think we had a real tough time covering it, uh, especially with motion and all that. So definitely something to to focus on and and, and work on. Does catch you guys a little bit by surprise because, like you said, things have been going so well for you the last. Yeah, we, yeah, we've been playing well. We've been we've been doing a lot of things right and. Um, obviously didn't do anything. Um, the update, and I just finished on, on the officials, that looks good. He's moving his hands. That's great. Yeah. Just kind of a wacky play. You're just trying to get up the boards. You get tangled up, and it just everything happens. Yeah, it happened really fast. Um, you know, that's that's part of the game. It, it, it does happen fast. And um, I was just trying to get up the ice, and, and I just got pinched off. And I think both of us went down and, and slid into the ref. And obviously, you never like to see that. So. You know, glad that uh, everything looks okay right now and, and uh, what we think of Read that's Connor McDavid. All right, that's Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' room. And again, it sounds like linesman Steve Barton uh, should come out of this all right after he hit his head hard on the ice after a collision with Connor McDavid. 7 3, the Oilers lose to Columbus tonight. Man, it looked promising for the Japanese Village goal light early when the Oilers had three goals in the first 10 08. We will turn the goal light on on the Oilers page on 630ched.com whenever they score five or more in a game. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side and north side. All right, Brian is next up on the open line. Hey, Brian, thank you for calling. Yes, I, I want to know, when was the last time that the Oilers allowed seven unanswered goal, goals in the history of their team? Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, well, that would be Did a, you look it a up, lot Brian? of work. You must have it. You got it. You got all the stats for it. I don't have that handy, Brian. Actually, you know what? If, if I knew, I would tell you. If we could get Bob on this phone, I bet you Stoff has it. 
Well, do you think there was any other time? Yes, probably. probably. They lost 11 nothing to Hartford in the 80s. Oh, all right. All right. Oh. <laughs> okay, that good point by you, Reed. It's a good point, though. Yeah, it was. It was not a good. It was not a good night. I mean, you can't color this up pretty at all. This was a, a, a tough night. They they brought their C and D level, and they played a team that's playing as as good as any team in the National Hockey League, and it showed. And it was a game that, even when they were up three nothing, I don't believe anyone on the Oilers team felt fully confident that it was going to finish in their in their favor and I don't think anyone on the Columbus team was at all nervous that the game could not get back into their control. All right, 7-3, the Oilers lose our adjustment of the game for the next meeting against Vancouver for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. We'll be everything. <laughs> Do everything better. Uh, we'll... In Vancouver, it, it, they played well tonight. I watched part of their game. They beat Anaheim and they played well doing it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. All you have to do is tell Kellen Kennedy who is my best friend on the Columbus Blue Jackets, <laughs> and we'll give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park. Jet Set parking, one-night stays, or long-term parking. Find your perfect match from five fifty a day at JetSetParking.com with promo code. Ched. We're coming back with John Tortorella, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. All right, the Oilers lose 7-3 to Columbus. They were up 3-0, then Columbus totally took the game over. So we had Brian asking when, if ever, the Oilers have allowed seven straight goals in a game before. I said off the top of my head, I could only remember when they lost uh, a game 11 nothing to Hartford. That was February 12th, 1984. I did some quick checking here because there was one game that, that popped into my mind about a possibility. And Rob, you it was our first season. You and I were doing the games together. March 22nd, 2014, the Oilers led Calgary one nothing and lost 8-1. So that was eight straight in that game. And I'm just quickly scanning some older seasons. I'm sure it's I'm mean, sure there's a game they lost 7 nothing or 7-1. And, and even if you look at some of those scores in the 80s, I mean, they beat a lot of teams pretty bad, but there were nights like, like you're just, I don't know. I don't know what the box score was from this game. I mean, they lost 9-3 to Calgary in April of 86. So there's, there's other possibilities out there. I'm not going to spend the rest of my night looking up this box, all these box scores, but there was a recent night in the last five years when uh, they actually allowed eight straight. Yeah, although at the beginning of the night when they were up 3 nothing, I don't think the crowd was expecting the, the, the game to go sideways like it did, but uh, you start getting away from what had made you successful the last little while. Uh, you get burnt, and the others got burnt today. Now, obviously, Columbus got some good breaks, good bounces. The the goal that got them going was one that was thrown out in front and went off of Nugent Hopkins' backside and in the net. But when you spend uh, um, the majority of the time in your own zone, bad things are going to happen. And the one thing that you, you got to like about how Columbus plays is they throw everything at the net and they crash the net and they get rebounds, they get tips. They're always hanging around the blue paint. And if you want to be a successful goal scorer in the National Hockey League, especially nowadays, you got to hang around the blue paint. Goalies are hard to beat from far out, but if you get the rebounds, the tips, the second chances, you can be successful. And tonight Columbus was. 7-3. 
is your final. The Blue Jackets are coached by John Tortorella. His comments for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. John, several players said even though you're down 3 nothing in the first, you didn't feel like you were playing that poorly. I wonder what your assessment would be of that, that part of that. Well, we were playing good. Uh, I had no problem. I, I thought we had a great start. Uh, Bob turns, and turns one over. Uh, fluky goal. Uh, uh, Sonny turns one over in the power play. Um, they score a power play goal, but I, I don't think we missed a beat as far as how we were playing. Uh, so we just stayed with it and uh, yeah, found a way. How important was Vanek's leadership tonight, not just in the points, but in his ability to calm the team down in that situation? Yeah, he. I mean, there wasn't much to, to say on the bench. It, it, was, it wasn't like everybody was in a panic. It was just, we just kept on playing. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought everybody contributed. I, th- I thought Dubois had probably one of his best games I've seen him play uh, as far as the strength. Thomas shot the puck. I hope he understands when you shoot the puck, you score goals instead of all the passing. And uh, um, and Luke, Brad, I mean, everybody contributed. When he was that line, yeah. So we, we, there was zero panic on the bench. Uh, it's frustrating uh, to get in that situation when you think you're playing well, but it was just a crazy period. And for us to come back uh, and get three before the period even ends, it's just nuts. So. Uh, it's a big win for us, so uh, we'll just move on and practice tomorrow. How do you think we're going Maybe even earlier this season when maybe you wouldn't have handled it so coolly being down for you? Well, I can't get upset with the team when I know when they're playing well. If we're down 3-0 and, and we're not playing well, yeah, it's going to be a different situation. But... Um, I don't think anybody on the bench felt that we were making bad plays. It was just a, you know, they score a fluky one, and it's, uh, I thought Sonny struggled in the first half of the game uh, with some mistakes he made. Uh, he still has to learn to respect the league and, and, and not trying to do so much. And uh, But, nah, I, I, it would have been a different situation if I thought we started bad and we weren't ready to play. Uh, so I have to coach them as I see them, as how they're playing. So we just went about our business. That is John Tortorella, the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. They have won 11 of their last 12. They're up to 43-29-5 and on the season. The Oilers dropped to 34-37-6. and Our face-off trivia winner tonight, getting a $50 gift card to Bubbles. Courtesy of Armor Insurance, protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Who was Canada's goaltender in the World Championships in 2016 who recorded a shutout in the gold medal game? Steve knew that it was indeed Cam Talbot. We expect Connor McDavid to go to Worlds. Uh, there's also interest in Darnell Nurse and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, McDavid up to 102 points. Uh, Steve Barton, the linesman who was injured tonight, hit his head on the ice. Uh, in hospital, it sounds uh, like he's going to be okay, so that is positive. Adam Larson is the Oilers' nominee for the Masterton Trophy for perseverance, dedication, and sportsmanship. Shout out to former Oilers defenseman Brad Hunt, who is the Vegas nominee. Yeah, actually, years and years and years ago, in a different time, time I was uh, the Penguins' Masterton nominee one year. And did you win? Uh, no, I didn't. I think I think Jamie McClendon won it that year. I can't remember. That was a long, long time. I can't remember what I had for breakfast. I can't remember who won that year. 
You didn't. You know you didn't win. I know the trophy, I didn't. Though. Then, you know, I you don't, don't have a miniature Masterton trophy around the house. So. I, I haven't seen one lately. No, I don't, I don't think so. My wife could have hit it on me. I'm not sure. She hides stuff on me all the time just to mock me. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> All right. Well, the Oilers uh, beaten pretty badly tonight, so uh, they'll regroup, practice tomorrow, go to Vancouver tomorrow. The game is coming up on Thursday. We'll have it for you for the 6 o'clock face-off show. Game will start at 8. Uh, five games to go, Rob. I think probably for a lot of fans, the McDavid, Art Ross, and point total chase is is a big story. You want to see them play well, but I know a lot of people are pulling for McDavid. Well, I, I think that one's a foregone conclusion. I think it's one. The way he's playing right now, no one's going to catch him. And uh, hopefully the Oilers will finish on a strong right? They're going to certainly want to get the bitter taste out of their mouth, mouth from this game tonight. I would expect a much different effort against Vancouver Canucks. You can get more on 630Ched.com. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, and Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. 7-3, the Blue Jackets take it. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.